0: Ooh, 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 ooh. This is, this is Luscious, Luscious Lou, Lua, and I listen, I listen to the Comic Syndicate. The if you, love, you love comics, you'll be in listen listen be bed. Listen to listen the, the Comic Syndicate. The the comic syndicate. syndicate. If, if, if movies make you come to play. science will come a day. Twitter for communication. At Comic Syndicate One. I was drowning in a sea of podcasts. I found the what I need at long last. Book reviews, the newest and facts. It's, it's more than anyone can ask for. The comics in the kid podcast. Ooh, the comics in the kid podcast. Ooh. to another episode, episode of Comic Syndicate, syndicate. Comics. check them out on at thecomicsyndicate.podbean.com syndicate and, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. On iTunes. And now, and now here your host, Josiah Sinai- Welcome to another episode of the Comic Syndicate, episode 317. I'm your host, Josiah Sinai, at Villain on Twitter, at comic underscore syndicate on Instagram. Let's hit it like we normally do. We have a long show. What We spoke about 100 episodes ago Episode 217, we entitled Hashtag Fireworks. It was recorded Wednesday, June 20th, 2018. The Comic Syndicate, uh, Fireworks. This week at 4, the villain is joined with vintage Batman as we go through top 10 most listened to episodes in the past six months. We talk pet peeves, and don't be that asshole. Okay, let me rewind real quick. Pet peeves. Uh, if any of these topics are ever intriguing to you guys, go back into the library, the catalog. Uh, 100 episodes ago, pet peeves. What are your pet peeves with uh, people, I guess, with uh, significant others, uh, stuff like that. Being rude is one for me, just in general. Uh, Yeah, and then don't be that asshole. Like, yeah, don't do certain things in life, which uh, a lot of people are unaware they do. Or people are just fucking unaware and stupid. Uh, Go back 100 episodes ago. We hit deep dives and rabbit holes interview, then hits comic talk. Okay, rewind again. So I had RG on, so Vintage Batman was on the show. And we were talking about, I guess I interviewed him about the premise of the deep dives and rabbit holes podcast, where that idea came from. Um, And how that came about. So that was very cool. I'm pretty sure uh, the title, Fireworks, was a double meaning. One, because I used to live right across the street from Disneyland. So I'm pretty sure while we were recording, not only was the vibe good, the flow of the back and forth banter between RG and I, but also because we had Disneyland fireworks also popping off in the background. Uh, The way I entitle my shows are, are abstract and weird, but it makes fucking sense when you listen to it. Uh, We hit Comic Talk, Marvel, DC, AT&T merger, Fox, Disney Deal, some more future podcast talks. So that one would have to be probably my idea for the Audio Chronicles podcast, which is a third podcast I also put out. Um, That one is more interview based. It's more of a sit down with random people from uh, random and different walks of lives and jobs and and titles. Um, And I'm going to bring that back soon as well. I know I got Busy with everything else. I'm going to bang out two episodes of Deep Dives and Rabbit Holes after this one and bank those ones up. Uh, Yeah, I like to take care of myself in the future. So Uh, lots of work today as soon as I'm done recording this one. All right, we finally hit uh, comic reviews Nightwing number 43. It was a one shot. I believe that was the only uh, title I reviewed uh yeah okay so let's hit some bullet points guys this is going to be interesting out of the gate I really have to say the feedback I've been getting on that new segment question of the week has been very fucking cool and I'm going to get to that shortly but um in the opener for 100 episodes ago I was talking about stats you know the most listened to episodes I thought I'd really hop in I haven't looked at numbers or stats in the longest time like would if you pull up the Comic Syndicate, like we have 70,000, over 70,000 downloads. We lost 30,000 downloads. Uh, so technically technically, we should be at – I should be at 100,000 uh, downloads in general. And no, I did not listen to myself 1,000 times. I don't like listening to myself one time, let alone 1,000 times, let alone 70,000 times. Uh, 30,000 downloads. How do you lose those, Josiah? Well, uh, we jumped from one podcast site to another. We had 30,000 on Podomatic. And then when we jumped ship to Podbean, we downloaded and moved uh, the library we had from Podomatic. That way we still have the full catalog uh, available to anyone. Um, so we moved it over starting from scratch, and now it's up to 70000 which is great. That's all you guys. So because of that, again, I thought I'd go through these stats. I thought this one was interesting. The first one's going to be the most listened to podcast app. So this is going to be from number one to number seven, I guess. Most listened to is on Google Chrome. Apple Podcasts is the second one. Podbean app is the third one. Spotify is the fourth one. Podcast Addict and then Google Podcasts um, are the most listened to podcast apps that that the stats showed. The states uh, most listened to, again, from the most listened to states backwards. California has the most listeners. Uh, would make sense because I have a lot of friends and family out here. That could be it, maybe. Ohio is in number two. I don't know who's from Ohio. New Hampshire, uh, number three. Number four, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, I believe. uh, Eric, that's you, homie, I believe. Texas, I have a bunch of family in Texas, so Texas takes that spot. Florida, uh, I know Anton and I don't have a lot of friends in Florida, so I would assume that's where it would get listened to. Massachusetts is up next. Nevada is after that. And then the last state where I get the most listens is Virginia. I have no idea who the hell is from Virginia. So if you're from Virginia and you listen, please hit me up so I can give you a proper shout out. Uh, next one is going to be an interesting one. This is going to be the most, uh, or I'm sorry, top ten most listened to podcast in the in the past six months. In the tenth place spot is episode 307, panel plays in silent issues. In the ninth place spot is episode 308, Gore the God Butcher. In the 8th place spot is episode three hundred and twelve, fourth Quarter Crunch and Consistency. In the 7th place spot is going to be episode 311, No Color Scheme. In the 6th place spot is going to be episode 309, New Pod, The Fist, and The Bat. In the 5th place spot is going to go to episode 310, Getting to the Vault. In the 4th place spot is going to be episode 313, Intimidation Factors and Daymares after that in the third place spot top 3 now rounding up episode 316 is your fears and a barter which i believe is the last last week's episode in the second place spot is going to be episode 315 you now you then and then in the first place spot uh, is going to be episode 314 the break and the break Uh, I was really happy about that one because that was the first episode after a a break. I mean, literally the break. And if you guys are curious, the feedback from that episode alone, episode 314, has been great, Uh, especially if you listen to the last, I guess, 20 minutes of the show. I don't know how long I was talking. Um, I just know I was very vulnerable and and described a lot of things that I was going through personally in, in my life and things that I had to deal with and how I dealt with a few things and yeah, uh, the feedback on that, again, it has been great, so thank you, guys. All right, this week's uh, question is or was very simple. What are you proud of doing that you never expected to be something? Now, after the, after all the stats and st- statistics I just went through, I, I thought that was the question. I really like this question a lot, but I'm really trying to use my reviews to come up with the question, and uh, – as I go and review those, I come up with a good question ba- based on those particular reviews. Again, I think the first question is great, but it has nothing to do with my reviews at all. It's just, I guess, my podcast and experience that was like, okay, that's the question of the week. Um, but just that question alone can take me down so many rabbit holes and just answering that in itself. So this week uh, is going to be a two-parter. First one is going to be, have you ever left a place or situation that you're in for the betterment of yourself or for other people? And then the second question piggyback is going to be, how far are you willing to go when things get tough? And again, these are based on reviews. This is going to be a long show, guys. I'm pretty sure the intro alone, I'm still going to go through all this right now, is going to be a good 20 minutes at least. So bear with me Uh, because I haven't done this in a while, is give proper love shout-outs to you guys. Um, I wrote down a list of fucking people that that, uh, have reached out as far as... The first question, I'll save it to the end of the show. Anyways, these are going to be shout-outs. I haven't heard from Homegirl in the longest time, Corey JL. Great episode. I have always had a fear of disappointing people, even people I barely know. I have a fear of looking bad or making a bad impression, I guess, but mostly people that I love that mean the most to me. The thought of being a failure in their eyes is so scary. Thank you, Corey. I haven't heard from you in fucking years, so it's nice to know you're on board, You're one of the people that was on the list uh, that I'm going to give towards the end of the show, the afterthoughts and stuff like that. So thank you for finding the show again, and welcome back. Next one is going to be my boy, Eric Lopez. Eric, I was going to text you. I haven't had time. I've been busy. My apologies, dude, because I know you text me a lot, and I do appreciate it. Um, I was going to text you, symbol 80. Do you mind if I use your text message for the show? Um, i don 't like to ever divulge you know personal interactions I have with people, which isn 't a lot really, but you and I shoot the shit a lot, and I just thought i 'd add it so if you 're upset that i 'm going to use it, my apologies dude but i I thought this one was really good. Uh, I thought your answer was great and just really well thought out dude um, this is eric 's um, eric 's conversation uh, after some time to really give it thought, the main thing I would tell my younger self would be. There's no shame in asking for help and never be afraid to accept it. It's okay not to know something, and failure is a teacher, not a punishment. Quite honestly, I basically would begin teaching myself stoicism, all that um, at a young age, if only given a few minutes to hours. Uh, I love this response so much, dude. Uh, Stoicism, uh, this is going to be a long show without going into stoicism. Look it up, guys, if you guys don't know what it is. Um, Eric, I, thank you so much, man. I, I always appreciate these, um, all the time. So, so shout out and I'm still not done with shout outs yet. Guys, I have a few more, uh, podcasts cause now, um, I have two podcasts, but technically three that I'm going to plug and give some love to the first one is going to be <laughs> finally found out who, um, at Henry's catering is of all things. Uh, I got a message saying, uh, where is it? uh, I, I, I hope you can give my wife and I a listen. And I'm like, my wife and I listen to our podcast. Um, and I'm like, simply put, Jacob? He's like, yeah, what's up, brother? And I'm like, holy shit, Jacob Medina. So this is straight up to Jacob Medina. Um, I love the show already. He started, and he has done a bunch of podcasts in the past, and this theme I really like. Um, so I really loved it. Um, Jacob Medina and his wife, Eva, record a show together. I listen to the shows, and it's very much similar um, to my Deep Dives and Rabbit Holes podcast, but with uh, more of a hmm, supernatural, I guess, uh, genre to it, I I guess is the best way to put it. So the first one that I listened to was actually, I worked my way backwards, which was The Haunting of Turnbull Canyon. Um, Giants Do They Exist, I believe, is the first one they did. And then the other one, that's a, a weird one, was The Fruit Machine, which is a twisted look at history. So, um again, very much like deep dives rabbit holes, but more with a a twist to it, like a a dark twist. I don't want to ruin the show. It's worth checking out, guys. So, if you guys get the chance, please do so. Second podcast that I listen to Is very cool. It's a podcast. It's going to be hosted by Sarah Kitsinis, I believe, and Derek Krantz. Now, Sarah is an old friend of my brother Moses's. I met her on Facebook and she's always been cool as fuck. She's a sweetheart. She's dope. She's rad. Um, I can't say lost contact with her because I just stopped doing the Facebook thing a long time ago, Um, except my cheesy commercials for the Comic Syndicate. Um, But, yeah, she started a podcast. Uh, I believe they started at 8.20, so last Sunday, I believe. The name of the podcast is Oh No, Not Another One, (laughs) which I I love already. Uh, They're only pilot episode in, but it's about the bear, season one, which is found on Hulu. Now, I had to jump in this particular show for several reasons. Uh, I had to give some love and support to Sarah, first of all. Number two, if uh, any of my friends do anything creative, I'm always going to get on board. Like, that's just what I do. Uh, Number three is just I love the fucking bear. The show The Bear. The characters, the writing, the way it's shot, uh, what the show deals with, which is the restaurant industry for the most part and and how twisted and fucked up and stressful and strenuous and just how fucked up it is and how you can fucking hate it and how you can also love it at the same time is is fucking weird. And I love that show. So, um, yeah, it's just cool because... I love The Bear, and I don't know anyone that's really talking about it. Um, no one has really seen it, so again, not really able to talk about it. So to, to come across this podcast that is literally breaking down the show, um, I wanted to jump in. So, And I want to jump in on the show just because there's so much that I love about it. And being in the restaurant industry and being on the floor and being a cook now is just a fucking bizarro fucking world. So just like any beginning podcast, the first one is their pilot episode, their trial run. Um, And I'm just you know – they're going to continue their journey and they're going to go through their trial and error part of it, what works for the show, what doesn't work, what they need to keep, what they need to take out, what they need to add. Um, It's all a learning process, Sarah uh, and Derek for the most part, dude. Uh, Here's some advice. There's always going to be something to learn. Uh, try to always back up your audio is another good piece of information you, uh, to share with you guys. Uh, more than one audio recording piece of equipment would be good that way you guys don't lose audio. Um, it's just you know those small things and feedback. Always accept feedback. I'm always good about accepting feedback. I've the Comic Syndicate podcast has changed and, and evolved in so many ways. Like since I've been back, um, I've sprinkled in things that I'm not going to share with you guys till to a certain date later on in a few months out. But, like, the show has changed here and there, and you guys probably haven't seen them. Like, Question of the Week is a new one that that I brought into play, Episode 314. But, um, yeah, just trying to always evolve the show and change it up uh, is what I like to do. Um, so, yeah, Sarah, when I told you, like, how, what, what's the premise? Like, are you guys... You guys kind of went through all of episode... <laughs> all of Season 1 on your Episode 1. Episode 2, you're going to go through season two where do you guys go from there like i i wanted to ask or i did ask like are you gonna go break down each episode episodically like okay this is episode season one episode one and then talk about it front to back are you gonna do character breakdowns you know like uh, but um i'm curious i'm still gonna listen so don't worry about it it's your guys' show i love it um so the fact that you guys are talking about it you guys sound great together and derek sounds voice his voice it sounds dope he's got a killer fucking mic voice Uh, Last one is going to be the third podcast but never released is going to be Please Find My Boy Adam Garza, Hector Cornejo, and Ben Davis on the Comics and Tortillas podcast. I listen to – I really do all three of these shows and have subscribed and liked them all already. And we'll continue to listen to, uh, to them and support them. And I hope you guys, the audience does the same. Um, if it's not for you, then it's not for you, but just please give it a try. You might find something you like. Um, all these three podcasts are going to be on the show notes. Um, so if you guys are curious, just click on the links in the show notes right now at the bottom. Put this on pause. Come back to it. Tell so me, Josias, you're an asshole for offering these ones. Josias, thanks a lot. These ones were cool shows. Um, that's, it, I believe. No, last one. Please drop a heart, like, thumbs up, and or review for the Comic Syndicate podcast on any podcast app you listen to. Podbean, Apple podcast Pod Chaser, Castbox. Stitcher is going to die tomorrow. Um, Spotify, though, iHeartRadio, all those please listen to the Comic Syndicate uh podcast. Share the podcast is a huge compliment as well, guys. All right, give me a few and I'll be right back with some Comic Talk. Hey this, hey, this is Scott, Scott Snyder. Snyder. I'm writing All-Star Batman, Batman uh, this year, and you're listening to the Comic Syndicate. I'm Mitch Garrett, the artist of Sheriff of Babylon. I'm Tom King, the writer of Sheriff of Babylon, and you're listening to the Comic Comic Syndicate. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to the Comics Syndicate. Hi, my name is Brian and I listen to the Comics Syndicate. Hi, this is Chris Michelle. We're hanging out here at Frank and & Sons, and we're having a good time on a Sunday or Saturday afternoon. And uh, you're listening to me live on the Comics Syndicate. Hi, this is Brian Michael Bendis, and you are listening to the Comics Syndicate. Comic, Comic Talk. Alright, welcome back to the Comic Syndicate. Uh, I'm going to axe a lot of stuff this week. Uh, a lot of news. Not even a lot of news, but I'm just going to axe the news because I have a lot of reviews. I had a lot of time to read, and when I say I have a lot of time to read, I did not have a lot of time to read. It's getting home at 11 o'clock, popping open a beer, and getting some reading done so I can be prepared and come up with a show for you guys. And it's not easy work because the intro alone, the... uh. The work, the prep, everything is work, and it's a lot of work. So throughout the week, I'm editing and re-editing and first draft, second drafting, final drafting, all the show notes uh, so I can put this out. But um yeah, so we're going to skip some comic uh, news this week so we can hit reviews. First thing I read was going to be Uncanny Avengers number one. Gary Duggan is the writer. Jonathan Hickman is the gods writer. Javier Guerin is the artist. Maury Hollowell is the colorist. So this one starts off with Dr. Stasis, who is a clone of uh, Mr. Sinister, and MODOK working together. Um, They are working together now and come across like this person in this – Ooh, I don't even want to call it a cell. It's like an incubation chamber of some sort, and they're talking to him – We don't know who this character is, but they're trying to recruit this guy to their team, to their cause, which is Orcus, which is the the group that literally wiped out the fucking mutants in the Hellfire Gala uh, probably a month ago by now. um, In in episode 314, I did review the Hellfire Gala. So this is pretty much uh, starting of the uncanny avengers again so we next scenes panel is going to psylocke now and her trying to save and help a bunch of mutants that are literally sent to like some odd sort of uh, concentration camps where they're giving mutants inhibitors so they can't use their mutant abilities and again it's a fucked up page to see like again these concentration camps to some certain degree Um, and so Psylocke shows up uh, with penance and they're trying to break out and save as many mutants as they can while they're doing. So Captain America shows up and it looks like they're going to scrap. I don't believe Psylocke and Captain America have ever fought before. And it's just odd interaction because Psylocke doesn't know if Captain America is there to stop them or help them. And Captain America kind of pitches like, you know, Psylocke's like, I'm not going to put up with your shit. We can do this right now. And Cap's like, no, you want to help out your mutants, then avenge them. Um, very cool um, to see Psylocke says, okay, if I join you guys, um, I'm not going to do your Boy Scout bullshit. Like, I'm gonna, f- I'm a fucking killer. They killed, wiped out a bunch of mutants in one shot. So I'm going to get some fucking revenge. I don't need a babysitter. So if I'm going to join you, I'm going to do things my way still. He's like, do what you got to do. So interesting. Um, so this is a new re- reincarnation of uh, the... Uncanny Avengers, which is the, I guess it's the Unity Squad. The Unity Squad is technically members from the Avengers and members from the X-Men. The team was started from the beginning, which Jonathan Hickman, I believe, started, was a team put together of both mutants and Avengers to help calm the relations between mutants and humans. The hate between humans and mutants, um, how mutants can't be trusted, and Captain America believed that. If we create a team with both, like, we're showing that the Avengers back up mutants. Like, they're not all bad. So this is the newest reincarnation of this team. Deadpool's on this team. Uh, Penance is on the team. Um, I liked Quicksilver Rogue um, is in this incarnation as well. Um, I really... It was cool. Like, I'm very curious to see where the, this title goes as far as the relationships... Uh, between uh, Captain America and Psylocke for the most part because there is going to come a point I know where Psylocke goes too far and um, he's not going to like it. So yeah, um, yeah, that's bound to happen. Next one is going to be X-Men Red, number 13 and number 14. Al Ewan is the writer. Jacopo uh, Comigni is the artist. Federico Blee is the colorist. Um, and then on F- issue 14, I believe, is Yildere Sinar is the artist on that one. It's pretty much the battle of leadership for Arako. So uh, episode, episode, issue 13 is pretty much um, a storm is on this council. So this is one of those questions of the week. Uh, Storm had left uh, Krakoa. So, Krakoa, Jonathan Hickman's run of Swords of X, Powers of X, or Powers of 10, however you want to say it, Um, it's pretty much Magneto with Maura McTaggart creating Krakoa a mutant nation where mutants can live peacefully and in sovereignty within the world and given granted amnesty to uh, be safe and have their own little, again, mutant nation is what it is. Um, The way things have changed and the ideals and ideologies of Professor X and how his thoughts have changed, mindset has changed. Uh, Storm is one of the, the characters that had to leave because she didn't like Professor X's new view and vision. Still Professor X, yes, but not the same Professor X's like were fighting for so mutants and humans can live peacefully together. Like, his views changed a little bit slightly, probably more drastic than that, than what she liked. So she had to leave. Uh, Wolverine is also one of those characters that had to leave kind of as well. Magneto is also one of those characters. Like, to see Magneto and Professor X always, always work together, when the the few times they did was always awesome to see. And Pro, 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 <laughs> Professor X and Magneto did work together to help create Krakoa. But even Magneto's views are like Charles. These aren't your your views are different. Like if you know. So again, ideologies. Now those things. Like I asked earlier, have you ever left a situation that was difficult for the betterment of for for yourself or for others? Sorry, to try to uh, remember that off the top of my head. But again, have you guys ever left any situation? I have. Probably several times in my life, and I'll talk about those later, maybe. Um, but this pretty much this the gist of this comic. Um, there is a giant war on Araco is where Storm went, and this is more still mutant nation, a part of the other part of Krakoa, I guess the continent of Krakoa, and it's been branched off. And this has more like a, of a mythological feel and vibe to the beings, the mutants that are there. And Storm is one of the forefront leaders, I guess. Magneto died in a battle here. Uh, Mag- Magneto, uh, apocalypse is one of the main characters. His four horsemen, which are his kids, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. His wife, Genesis, is also one of uh, the leaders of this place. And she wants to start a war with Storm. Um, and it's just interesting to see how Storm has to deal with being a leader here. And then still having to know, like, Sunspot comes up in episode, I always do that, issue 14, telling Storm, like, they were all massacred, they were all butchered, like, all the new X-Men are are fucking dead. So Storm having that on her plate, but having to put that on the back burner because of what she has to deal with right now is an interesting take. Um, So, and I love Storm as a character, that's pretty much what that... Uh, comic is and the coming of apocalypse soon to battle the, the outsiders of, of, um, Arachno. So it was cool. It was an interesting read. The art was, was dope though. So I did, did like it a lot. Death of Venom verse number two. I really liked a lot. Colin Bunn's the writer. Gerardo Sandoval's killing it. I just love it the way he draws Venom in general. The way they let him unleash to draw so many different var- var- variants of Venom is also pretty sick. Victor Alabaza and Gerardo Sandoval are also the inkers on this. Jim Campbell is the colorist. This one is and Wayne is Agent Venom. So pretty much uh, Eddie Brock's wife, girlfriend uh, from, from the 616. So as we know it, um, our normal comics that we read is the 616 universe. But she's from a different universe. And instead of becoming, whew, instead of Eddie Brock becoming Venom, she becomes Venom, and she becomes Agent Venom. So it's pretty much Carnage's new goal now is to kill every Venom and any Venom symbiote in every multiverse. And every time he does so, he gains their powers and abilities somewhat. Um, so it's cool to see different versions of again different different uh, Venoms. So he just goes to every. The, every venom verse any multiverse and finding venoms, the first one he comes across is a venomed out version of the sinister six that he 's just going to town and butchering right now. Agent Venom shows up with her crew to stop carnage, but he just goes on more of a tear again butchering and fucking up massacring at a sinister six, and the power he has now carnage is is just fucking amazing and and he 's becoming so much more powerful it 's nuts. That way he is able to just destroy everyone, so he 's even able to withstand fire now, and he, the way he even talks shit on them like you think fire is going to stop me uh, as uh, Agent Venom and her crew are trying to help and even take out and kill fucking carnage as much as you know as much as they can they 're trying so um, carnage takes off the venom crew is on his trail. And jump into a different world. Now the next world he goes to now is a is very interesting to see because uh, there is a venom there, and the the venom crew, Ven, Ven, Agent Venom and her crew shows up, and they find a a venomed out. I guess almost like Spider Punk, almost, but it's it's a venom out version of that so with his guitar and his venom suit he looks pretty dope um, his name is virus no 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 virus is another one i'm sorry um, he has uh, with his guitar he's able to use sonic amplification which is by means now the only thing that can affect carnage at the moment so he uses an attack on fucking Carnage. The Agent Venom crew is there, and actually, it, it's Virus that uses a sonic shooting gun ray. I guess it's a gun ray, guys. Uh, this this sonic ray, and it's able to still hurt Carnage. It's also supposed to help. I'm sorry, help also hurt Venoms in general. But like they're they just pointed at fucking. It's not even Cletus Cassidy in this Carnage. It's Carnage, Carnage, like uh, thinking on its own now. Uh, so they find that out. They realize the kid with the guitar venomed out is a key to help stopping it, so it's like, let's get this kid the fuck out of here and jump so um very interesting to see uh as they bail with the kid, Carnage is left with um the chaos engine I guess is what it is um and she is was Cletus Cassidy's girlfriend. Uh, I guess that their world's Cletus Cassidy. Um, and she's like, I'm glad you're back. Cletus. He's like, "Yeah, I'm not Cletus. He kills her and takes her. She happens to have sonic abilities as well. So hopefully it's not enough to, to the point where the Sonic won't affect him anymore. This one was a good run. It's a lot of deaths and I love deaths. Uh, Colin Bunn is a great writer. Um, he's good at writing dark and this is a great title. I believe it's going to be a five issue arc. Uh, yeah so i liked it a lot gerardo sandoval is killing it on the art and it's just fucking sick it's worth checking out guys um this is book of the week i'll save for last um okay let me jump on one more re- real quick it's an idw title this one picked up really good this is going to be Bryn more number two steve niles is a writer damian worm is the artist Alicia Zerno is the artist assistant. Don't don't think I've heard of an art assistant before. So Mark is the main character of this title. I reviewed issue number one, episode 314. This is issue number two. Mark is the name of the main character. He's now investigating this cavern underneath his church that he's working on trying to make it into his home. Uh, he finally comes across now this giant coffin, which I didn't mention, the end of issue of the issue on, on that one. Uh, it goes into the story about this particular church now was built over a previous church that had burned down. So what he decides to do now is sketch the markings on this sarcophagus, this this coffin for the most part, and do some research. He goes to the library trying to transcribe this. As he does, he happens to run to an old friend of his that decides to help him out, translate these symbols. Next pages go back um, to him working on his church again, his home that he's trying to refurbish it into a home and him receiving a text from his daughter. Prior issue, it seemed like they have an estranged relationship for the most part. She hates him, but apparently she hates their mom even more. He offers her like, well, you can always come over. Like you can live with me if you want. And she just sends him like a a, a happy face emoji. So if she moves over during events that might come next, which I'm foreshadowing, guys. Here, um, so, anyways, um, he's yeah. She's daughter tells him she's unhappy, and pretty much just telling him how much of a bitch the mom is, and in, in how she's never around, and when she is, she's blitzed, fucking drunk. So, once he's done with this conversation with his daughter, a truck fucking pulls up, and prior issue, uh, Mark clocked this dude that doesn't like him at all. Um, so this guy that got his ass kicked prior issue, we don't know his name, pulls up with a truck, truck full of his homies with bats and they go to fucking town on fucking Mark beat the shit out of him, dude. Um, and, uh, so just very interesting to see now, like he, Mark just got his ass kicked and the thing he decides to do after this is finally give in and first issue does a great, um, A great telling of, like, homeboy has had issues with drugs and and alcohol in his past, and he's been sober for so long now. And after getting his ass kicked, he decides. He gives in, and he goes to the bar. And he starts drinking again. His dog's in the car with him as he drives home, all terrible things. And he's like, don't judge me. So once he goes back gets back to his church home He he's hitting the fucking bottle still like done with the bar home and now he's just fucking hitting the bottle straight up to the point where he's so plastered he he decides to grab a sledgehammer goes back to the cavern underneath the church and starts hacking away at this fucking coffin um, as he does so cracking it chipping it little by little uh smoke finally little by little starts filling the room He's finally able to break the coffin and out of the smoke is a man standing there asking him, this character that came out of the coffin, out of the smoke, asks him, what have you done? And that's all we get from this this dude. Uh, It looks like Vincent Valentine. I know that's an obscure uh, throwback, but... um, uh, a vampire, I guess, from uh, Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> Vincent Valentine, um, looks very similar to him. Like his face is, is shrouded with with garb or something. And that's all he tells Mark. The way this issue ends is, is uh, at a lighthouse with two char- characters. And weird because they look very zombied out. They don't look like vampires themselves. And they end up killing the lighthouse men. Um, that's how this one ends. The art on this is really fucking good. Like it's really fucking good. Uh Damien Worm is doing a great job. Uh, it's an IDW title. I like to read a little bit of everything. Um, this one was a big Marvel week and kick for me though. Um, so yeah, this last one's going to be book of the book of the week I think. This one is going to be Dark X-Men number one. Steve Fox is the writer. Nelson Daniel is the artist. Frank Martin is the colorist. This one starts off with Madeline Pryor with Alex Summers. So Madeline Pryor is a clone of Jean Grey, Um, the, the, the Goblin Queen. Now, the Goblin Queen, being a clone of Jean Grey, has her abilities for the most part, and she also is the ruler of Limbo. Uh, Jean Grey. Okay, Jean Grey was out of the story, so technically Madeline Pryor is the mother of Cable. So Cyclops, Scott Summers, and her got together, and little unbeknownst to Cyclops, way back in the day, that's who he fucked, and Cable is their son. Jean Grey speaks of Cable and looks at Cable like it's her. He's her son, but in actuality, it's not the case at all. Uh, Alex Summers is Cyclops' brother now, and it's going to sound bad because now – and granted, this happened way in the past between Cyclops and the Goblin Queen. Now Alex Summers, the brother, is with Madeline Pryor. Trip the fuck out on that, huh, guys? So I'm just giving you guys background and context uh, on on just characters, which I'm going to have to do several times through this title, and I think that's why I liked it. So Goblin Queen and Alex Summers have had relationships in the past, and now they're back together. Now, I spoke about Krakoa earlier, uh, Limbo, uh, f- and mutants of Limbo, and characters more of the darker mutants um, that don't necessarily belong on Krakoa. That would frighten a lot of those mutants. Um, kind of they, they also were granted Limbo a spot in, oh my god, not Central Park. I believe Central Park is where the tree was at, which is <laughs> another base of the X-Men. Anyways, um, so... Uh, in, in New York City, Limbo has a spot, also a sovereign place where, again, the darker mutants go not to reign but to live peacefully while there are rioters right outside saying get rid of all mutants still. So still asshole humans picketing on how they want mutants getting rid of Do you guys, does this make sense in the real world, guys? Have you seen that anywhere in the real world at all? Like when people want to go, you know, like on a parade and do something, um, Like I don't know, a pride parade and you have picketers that are against some shit like that. Yeah, that shit still happens, dude. Um, I love the mutants. I love uh, the X-Men because of that. They were created to combat racism and hatred and bigotry and all that fucking shit, so... Still happens even for people of Limbo. This is their world. This is their sanctuary now, going back to this Limbo place. Um, So the history with Madeline and her realm of Limbo. Limbo is exactly what Limbo is. It's in between heaven and hell. It's where the the nightmarish, hellish creatures, devils live. Um, So now Madeline Pryor decides she wants to help out all the remaining mutants that didn't get butchered that you know that that they need help surviving in the world she wants to help those survivors and this one got really nuts pretty quick so from there it jumps into a page and panels of a girl and her best friend possibly girlfriend that happens to be a mutant we don't get any of their names um so the dad of the non-mutant girl dimes her out dimes out her friend calls the orcas agents to come along and take her in the mutant girl as they're doing, her, so transporting the girl, the mutant girl, uh, they get intercepted, and I love this, by a gambit, Archangel and Maggot show up to see the, the young girl. Like, this is the dark X-Men, which I'm, I'm liking already. The art in here is fucking dope as well. Um, And on Orcus' side happens to be Albert, which was interesting to see, like, brush off all the older characters that I haven't seen in a long fucking time. Like Zero's on this team, a different version of fucking Zero. Uh, To see Gambit go to fucking town, to see Archangel go to fucking town is fucking dope. Uh, I haven't seen Maggot in the longest time, and he's an obscure character that no one fucking liked uh, during uh, Joe Maguire's run that I fucking love the fuck out of. Um, and the way they're they're brushing off, and, and I believe Hector or Ben asked Adam on their last show, like, so only a bunch of mutants happen to live, right? Like, okay, a bunch got massacred and butchered, but because of this synapse that Professor X gave them, like, if they ever became all succumbed to this psych- psychotic, this telepathic attack to do something, like, they can combat it. So, yeah, all the stronger X-Men. Um, a lot of them survived, and they just now are are on the run, but they're trying to help out so many mutants that are still living um, on, on – actually all over the globe for the most part. Anyways, back to the character I had is Albert. Albert is a version of Wolverine. He's a cyborg version of Wolverine and he's one of the orcus agents and the way he goes to town now he has uh, adamantium claws as well he can fight not as good as wolverine but he's he's a clone for the for the most part of wolverine now this character initially back in the day had a who I'm I'm pulling this off from my my knowledge and background he had a character a little girl also a a cyborg with him called LCD and no not like an LCD TV screen, like her name was Elsie, E L S I E E, I believe, D D E E. So her name was LCD, and um, they worked together, and they were working together so much um, that Albert kind of gained some some con- cognitive uh, memories and thoughts, and, and like started caring for this this kid cyborg, and um, his mission was pretty much kill Wolverine to protect the little girl and And the girl had like this this uh this self destruct mechanism built into her and again background of of these characters guys um was once she got close enough proximity to Wolverine to fucking blow the fuck up and, and finally kill Wolverine. But again, Albert's main objection from there was like, no, like, you can't do that because then I won't have you anymore. So just like a very father-daughter relationship. So that's what Albert is. And to see him helping out Orcus now, like, we haven't seen him in the fucking longest time was cool for me to see. Um, It, it also fucking sucked, too, because now we see this crew. Get their fucking asses kicked, dude. Um, so, Gambit. Uh, these characters are just trying to combat Orca's, and um, and and the leader of Orcus saying like, "Make a spectacle of these fucking mutants that are fucking trying to save them." So they're outnumbered, but they're still fighting back. Gambit makes the call to save the girl and as many of the other mutants that are in these fucking these trailers as they they can. And, uh, Madeline Pryor and, and, Template, another fucking great character, um, very generation, uh, generation next back in the day, uh, Chris Pachalo back in the, in the 90s was doing that. Um, Madeline Pryor shows up, Havoc shows up, Template shows up to help, um, the crew, you know, Gambit and his crew that are also part of the same team is what, what it looks like. The Dark X Men. A very wet works version of it now. Um, and to see Albert go to fucking town and, fuck up archangel uh like through the chest like just stab him and to see him like stab fucking alex summers in the throat like it's very fucking dark it's very fucking twisted it's very fucking violent um is very cool to see now the only thing i guess i didn't like is Alex Summers is Alex Summers, but it seems like he's lost. And he's one of those characters that also left Krakoa too, for his own terms. Like he's like, I'm, I'm done fucking fighting. Like I just want to live in peace. And Krakoa should be one of those places where he could live in peace with mutants without any bullshit. But he just got tired of the bullshit there too. Like the, not the propaganda, but like the ideals, ideologies that that you know. The council, the Quiet Council, had so Sinister Apocalypse, Magneto, Storm, Beast, uh, Professor X, all those characters. Um, he got tired of it and he just kind of walked away from it. So again, one of those the, the question I asked earlier. Um, I really enjoyed this title, and, and I guess my biggest thing, and it's book of the week for me, but the biggest thing that would be ha- Alex Summers now Havoc. I love this fucking character, and to see him with this lack of confidence, like. He keeps telling Madeline Pryor, you know, let's not kill this time, and he still hasn't realized yet, like, motherfucker, our our brothers just got fucking massacred. Our brothers and sisters just got massacred, dude. Like, we need to go on a fucking tear now, and Havoc still hasn't got that yet. So when he fucking hits that breaking fucking point is going to be interesting to see. Cause he's a powerful fucking mutant, and I'm just wait. Well, I would have liked to see it so he got fucking stabbed. Uh, spoiler warning, but this dropped I think last week, so I'm glad I, I'm dropping this episode as late as I am because I'm in a spoiler, guys. It's a dope fucking title. It's a dope read. Um, yes, havoc is a little bit of a pussy now. He loves Madeline Pryor, and if she gives the best head ever, dope. But um, he needs to get his balls back, dude. He really does. So, again, Book of the Week. I really loved it for all the throwback characters alone and Gambit, Archangel, again, to see them. I, I love these characters. Just um, so to wrap it around, last question. Have you ever hmm, – not have you ever. How far are you willing to go when things get tough? Like that's plain and simple. The X-Men have lost their brothers or sisters, so their code – a majority of their code was don't kill, save as many, actually no, save as many civilians as you can and fight and then we gotta bail, but don't kill or hurt as much as you can, but don't kill. Yeah, just that's, you know, there, there are things, but now they're all in this predicament where it's like they just fucking killed our fucking, our, our, our mutant family. Like we have to fucking strike back. Like there, there is a breaking fucking point. But like, how far are you willing to go when things get fucking tough? And I guess that means in life in general for you guys. Like, I know I know what it means for me. Like, I'm working two fucking jobs. Like, I work fucking eight to five and then six to ten thirty, eleven every fucking Monday through Friday. Any downtime I have is now reading and writing and putting this show together and writing deep do- deep dives, deep toes do- deep, deep, do- deep dives and rabbit holes podcasts. And, and I'm always fucking working on or doing something. Um. So working two jobs, like that's how far I'm willing to fucking go. Like I'm still there for friends and family and when I'm when I'm needed, I'm fucking there. I'm reliable as fuck. Um how far are you willing to fucking go though? And the first question was, have you ever left a place or situation that you were in for the betterment for yourself or for other people? Yeah, um I'm not guilty of that. I mean, that I needed to do it at the time. I moved away to San Diego just to find some peace of mind for myself at the time and come back a different person a different man for the most part and then even later on in life like my house was a party house and i mean i was uh, it was a party house straight up like people would go over after work and fucking with beer everyone would take an 18 pack after their day jobs and this is when i was working shipping and receiving at target at the time so i was working a weird obscure fucking shift and i would no matter how late i was up I would always be up early to fucking take care of what I need to. I was always responsible, is what I'm saying, and um, I worked hard and I and I played fucking harder. Is, is what it was. Um, when it, when it finally came down to the point for me, without anyone fucking really telling me or talking to me about it, I'm like, this is cool now, but I really gotta axe. I really gotta dissect everyone out of my life right now. Like it's cool, but like i need to better myself like i need to find a different job i need to find a better job which is the job i still have now i work for foreclosures and have been doing it for the past 16 years it's going to be 16 years in november and and um yeah having to do those things and dissect things out of your life like that's my thing um and it's my story, and I'm I'm pretty sure you guys have the same thing. One more, just to wrap it around. Have you guys ever left a place or situation that you were in for the betterment of yourself or for other people? Yeah. Um, and how far are you willing to go when things get tough? For me, balls to the wall all the fucking time. Um, give up my own life and, and personal time, personal space, so I can live in a good place, in a good city without a lot of shit going down and... So I can be happy and hopefully make others around me happy and keep on putting out this show. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I just thought those were interesting, guys. So thanks for listening. I'll catch you guys next week. Peace out. I do have my fan on, and I think the sink is running or something upstairs. All right, guys. Thanks for sticking around for the tail end of the show. Um, Just want to give you guys some background real quick on those two questions. I literally had to do that, guys, for myself, for the betterment of myself. Um, I left the house to to move to Santa Cruz with my then-ex-girlfriend or then-girlfriend. And I needed some peace of mind for myself, Um, and it was good for me, and even for the people around me in the house. Like it was just the betterment for other people and even myself. Probably more so for other people. Uh, The second one where I had to dissect a lot of people out of my life. The only people I, the only person I was not able to to drop was Val, Bobby, and. Number one, fucking Pablo. Um, I could not afford to lose those guys. Like everyone else, a handful of guys, like a good 20, 20 homeboys, homegirls that would come over all the time and we were shit-faced all the time. Um, those were the three people I could not dissect out of my life. Everyone else was worth uh, losing and, and I had no problem losing those people and not seeing them again for the most part ever again. Um, it's just something for the betterment. And thinking and knowing, like, even even then, like, that, I, no one told me a thing, like, Josias, this is something you need to do. Like, it's time to fucking grow up, Josias. Nothing nothing of that sort. It was just me doing it on my own because this is not what I want in life. Like, I want more. You know, that's that's what it was for me. Um, so, yeah, just more background context. But um, anyone that's still listening, um, this one is, is funny, I guess, because um, the first thing is – is what are you proud of doing? The first question I initially wanted to ask, what are you proud of doing that you never expected to be something? Because of all the stats I went through, like I thought that was a good question for you guys. And when it comes down to it, it's um, it's this fucking podcast. I never expected it to be anything or anywhere. So looking at numbers now, 70,000 downloads is all you guys. It's not me. It sure as fuck isn't fucking me at all. It's you guys. Um, the fact that you guys all have... have jumped on and stayed on board and fell off board and somehow got back on board again has been dope so um the two i mentioned cory uh eric fucking you guys are dope uh this is for everyone else the old school listeners don't think i have forgot about you guys and i know not a lot of you guys listen anymore but i do miss you guys don't think i don't like uh what's something you were proud of doing that you never expected to be something i'm proud of this and i'm proud of the relationships and and friendships that I have because of this fucking show um, is Lupe Orozco, Lynn Aden's, Megan Nielsen, Jonathan Villanueva, Danny Courageous, Andrew Lewis, uh, the luscious Lou who who wrote uh, the intro for, for me. Thank you. Mike Lepine. I miss you. Gabriel Shickley. And I miss you. Eric Lopez. You're up on there with your fucking cousin. Miguel Garza. Um, Jonathan Hughes, fucking from England, London, um, Ed, Ozzy Yugi. Dude, I fucking miss you guys. Like, what are you proud of doing that became something that you weren't expecting is this fucking podcast. Dude, it's you guys. It's, it's legit you guys too. Uh, mean a lot to me. Like you guys mean a lot to me. Um, you guys are dope. I wouldn't have been able to. And this is the fucking oddest thing is you guys are a are close second. I get to go to comic cons. I get to interview cool people. I get to experience cool fucking things because of this fucking podcast. I know you guys are on a close second. You guys are, are still up there um i got to interview rebecca Romain. like i get to you know i got to do and see cool things and because of the support of you guys like again there's nothing to it it's because of you guys so um that's all i got guys thank you big love and shout out to all you guys i love you guys you guys rock please continue to listen share the podcast and I will definitely catch you guys next week. Uh, two Deep Dives and Rabbit Holes podcasts are coming down the pike as well. One's going to be funny, stupid, and the other one's going to be what the fuck. Like what the fuck. Um, and very topical, still completely very topical. All right, guys. You guys rock. I'll catch you guys next week. Peace out.